Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. There's a time and a place for black and white. Like when you're learning to play piano. Or when you want a big two-toned cookie. Or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11, 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared.
Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Steeler Nation, welcome back to another episode of The Standard is the Standard. I'm Jeff Harbin, the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and with me, as always, my co-host, Lance Williams. What's up, Lance? How's it going? I'm doing fantastic, and according to Jeff, you guys are digging the program and listening through the entire program because of the crispness and the length of the program. So with that, we're going to jump right into it, and we're going to jump into some juicy news topics. Jeff, what's the latest update on Stephon Tewitt and his injury? Because I'm pretty, I've been kind of confused about it. Correct me if I'm wrong. There hasn't been an official diagnosis as to the injury, but, but give us some more details on that injury. Well, you know, he had a bicep injury. That's the that's as close as we get to an explanation in terms of an actual medical diagnosis of the injury. Um, whatever it is, whether it's a strain, a pool, it's obviously not a tear. A tear would have been – he would have been out for at least weeks, if not months, maybe even a season-ending injury. Uh, so it's a strain or a pool of some kind um, – He's, he's considered day-to-day, week-to-week. Mike Tomlin on his Tuesday press conference said that he could potentially play this week. Um, but at the same time, I'm not I'm not sold that he's going to be able to play. Because last night, Stefan Tewitt was on Steeler Nation Radio with Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and he said that he has to be able to protect himself. He has to get, you know, full mobility and strength back in that arm before he can go back on the field. He did not practice today. This is recorded on Wednesday, in case you're listening to a podcast on later. Uh, so with that said, Stefan Tewitt, I it, it was ridiculously encouraging news, the fact that he wasn't done for the year. He just got that huge contract. Uh, he played only, I think, two snaps. It was dominant on those, those snaps in Cleveland. And then uh, he said his whole arm went numb. And when that happened, he knew something was wrong, so he left the game. Um, but if I were to if I were to put my you know predictor hat on, my prognosticator hat, I would suggest that he sits out this week against Minnesota, next week against Chicago, and he comes back for the Ravens in Week Four. Um, you think, Lance, that this type of injury, which is kind of unique, that someone has a biceps injury that at one point people thought was going to be the worst in terms of season ending. Do you think Stephon Tewitt is going to be able to come back and be as dominant, or do you think it's going to hinder what he does on the football field? If he doesn't come back healthy at least around 80%, I think it will hinder what he wants to do because so much of what defensive linemen do, you know, it's predicated upon upper body strength, having that strength in your, your biceps, strength in your hands, just, you know, just upper body strength in general. And, if he loses quite a considerable amount of that, then I think it will impact him. But I think him just being on the field, even at whatever percentage he is, does make offenses have to account and account for his presence. But, Jeff, given your experience as a trainer and as a guy that's in really good shape, what do you think the injury actually is? A, a, a strain? A pull? I mean, I mean, what do you think it is when a guy's arm goes um, numb like that? Well, the the numbness was, was really unique to me because everything uh, Mark Cavoli of DK Pittsburgh Sports, he said that his shoulder was wrapped, um, which tells me that you're talking about the top um, the top of the biceps tendon. Obviously, if you flex your arm, you've got two heads of the bicep. You have the one that attaches down the elbow, and you have one that attaches up to the shoulder, and there's multiple attachments in both of those locations. 
And the fact that it is shoulder wrap tells me that it is the upper part of that bicep tendon, so it's, it's more shoulder stuff going on. The fact that it's normally numb, it could have been some, some nerve. Uh, it could have hit a nerve or it could have been a strain or a pull. Uh, it, if you watch the play where it happened, he was reaching for Isaiah Crowell, and all of a sudden he literally, you watch his arm, he just pulls it back. Like he really feels something bad happening, pulls it back. Um, the fluke injuries, man, I mean, if you played football, even if you played it in Pop Warner or middle school or even high school, you probably had a stinger, and that's where you get hit in the side of the head and neck area, and it causes, like, your whole body to go numb and tingling and stuff. So the nervous system is a unique thing, but uh, if, it's, if there's no tear and there's no chance that it could be worse, meaning if he plays, even when he feels like he's healthy, and they say, you know, you're not going to make this any worse than if, you know, whatever the case may be, you're just playing football – he should be fine. I really do think he should be fine. But ultimately, um, you know, he's going to follow doctor's orders. They got the MRI. That's going to tell them all they need to know. I would say it's, it's a strain, which technically is a layman's term for a tiny tear in the muscle. And so it just has to heal itself. And once they get the strength back, he should be back on the field. But I still think it's going to be a couple weeks before he's back. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. Yeah, whether it's two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it's a positive that he's not going to be lost for the season. Jeff, were you aware that T.J. Watt is only the third player in history to debut with two sacks and an interception? And also in that game, he had six tackles, two tackles for loss of those six, and two quarterback hurries. We thought this kid was going to be good. But are you even surprised at just how well he played, given he was going up against Joe Thomas? I, I really, really was. I, I mean, let's be honest here. We talked about it on this show. I wrote an article about it today about how, to me, the biggest surprise so far this season, preseason, offseason workouts, et cetera, up until this point, the biggest surprise for me has been T.J. Watt. And I guess maybe I was a little bit of a skeptic when they drafted him because I kind of read a lot of the reports that stated that T.J. Watt was a little undersized, that T.J. Watt did, did, was kind of unpolished. He didn't have all the pass rushing moves of some of the other more polished edge rushers that were in the draft class. Um, I know that he tested out of this world in the combine, but some people called him a combine hero and that it's not going to translate to the game. And then everything that you've read since he has stepped off that airplane in the Pittsburgh uh, International Airport at the terminal when he's standing next to Franco Harris in the Immaculate Reception um, statue has been nothing but positive. And the coaching staff, the teammates, saying about his IQ, his hustle, his work ethic, this, that, and the other, and then he gets on the field, 
They're talking about how he doesn't miss assignments. He never makes the same mistake twice. And then he goes out against the New York Giants in his very first preseason action. What did he do? Two sacks. And everyone said, ah, but they were gimme sacks. They kind of fell into his lap. All right. So you see him progressing even more throughout the preseason. And what did he do? He goes against one of the best left tackles in the NFL. And I'm going to be honest. I thought that we were going to see a lot more of James Harrison against Joe Thomas, even though James Harrison gets owned by Joe Thomas, mind you. And T.J. Watt's athleticism, his speed, and his strength, boy, were they on display. I was super impressed by this kid. I'm not expecting him to go out and do have two sacks and an interception every single time he steps on the field. But what I think we all saw, the fan base, hopefully if you were watching, this kid has a ridiculous feeling when it comes to potential. Lance, you're a defensive guy. I want to know what you thought of the debut and what you think about his potential overall. The two things that jumped out to me when I watched him was, one, his motor. The kid going like the Energizer Bunny. He does not give up on plays. The second thing was the athleticism. His ability to buzz out into the flat and elevate like that to get that interception, stay on balance and be able to return it maybe 15, 20 yards. I mean, that's an impressive play. That is a play that many outside linebackers in the National Football League can't make. And the other thing about him is there's, there's something to be said when you have relatives, be it cousins or, or, or extended family or brothers in the NFL, you get a sense about what it takes to prepare and what you have to do to be successful as a pro. And he got that from his older brothers, of course, the most famous being J.J. Watt. Uh, and, and so he understands what it means to work, what it means to prepare. So in a sense, they're getting a seasoned rookie professional as opposed to a wide-eyed rook. And I'm sure he has his moments where he's a wide-eyed rook, but he knows what it means to work, what it means to prepare, because his brother is one of the best players in the National Football League. And his athleticism was on full display, his motor, his hustle, and everything. And let's just hope that the arrow continues to point up for T.J. Watt. Last but not least in this new segment, before I get your observations about the Cleveland Browns game, Jeff, the Steelers are number one in the power rankings for ESPN. And now I know it's early. It's only week two. They played just okay football. But what's your thought about the Steelers being the number one overall football team in the ESPN NFL power rankings? Well, first is I can really give two craps what ESPN power rankings think of the Steelers. Uh, and that's, it's, it's such a strange dynamic and how they put those rankings together. And, you know, Lance, I know you know how many articles I write for the website, but if someone's listening to this, the show is never – doesn't even know what the website is, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. I, I probably write about five, maybe six stories a day. And the, some of those are weekly segments, and one of those was the Power Rankings article, which we do every Wednesday. And um, the experts don't know where to put the Steelers. ESPN has a number one. Um, Yahoo has a number three. CBS has a number four. Um, SB Nation had them all the way like 13th. Um, all these different – no one really knows what to think of the Steelers because – and this could be a perfect segue into the Cleveland game if you want. Um, you know, I think Cleveland's a lot better than what they what people thought they were. Not to rip off of Denny Green there. But uh, at the same time, the, the Steelers kind of played down to the competition. They still come out with a win. Uh, they're, they're 1-0, road division win, yada, yada, yada. We know all that stuff. 
I, I don't know. If I were ranking them, would I have them number one? No, I wouldn't. Um, to me, there were teams, if you're basing this off week one, there were teams that looked a lot better. Uh, but if you're basing it off potential and you saw what the defense did for the Steelers and seven sacks and T.J. Watt showing up and Anthony Chicillo or Chicolo, however you say his name, on the other side and Ryan Chazier was flying around, all of a sudden it, the team looks more complete, you know. It's not just the, the elite offense. It could be the elite offense with a pretty darn good defense. I'm not going to say elite. Uh, we're not talking Joe Flacco here. I'm talking about just pretty darn good. What do you think about them being number one? Well, I think they're number two to the Rams. I think the Rams right now are the best team in the National Football League, given how they beat the Colts. Let me just stop. I'm being sarcastic, really, listeners. I, I, I <laughs> don't think the Rams are the best team in the NFL. And that's pretty much how asinine power rankings are in week one. It's about as asinine as Steeler Brass telling people this week about Stephon Tewitt, uh his arm hurt. When somebody asked him, what's the injury? Oh, his arm hurt. I mean, it's about as asinine as them just saying that or trying to be as vague as possible. I just wanted to get your perspective. Power rankings are pretty comical in the first week of the season, just like when all of the fish wraps and these media outlets try to say who's a pretender and who's for real after four quarters of football. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. I think the Steelers are going to be a very good football team. I think they'll have to play better in the future against Cleveland. But in that Cleveland game, Jeff, give me a couple of observations, maybe three observations of note on the offensive side of football. Uh, well, you get the fun side at least because at least the defense has some. I mean, if I'm giving you of note, and that doesn't mean it has to be a positive, the first thing I'm going to say is that Antonio Brown is a freak. Um, we knew this, and yet still when number 84 goes on the field, you're expected to see things that you've, you kind of shake your head and like, my gosh, this guy is out of this world. That's Antonio Brown, folks, and just take it in. Take in every single reception that Ben Roethlisberger has to Antonio Brown because we don't know how much longer they're going to be together. We don't know how much longer Ben Roethlisberger is going to play. So with that said, I'm not suggesting that this is the last year or anything like that. What I'm saying is that these two have an uncanny ability of finding each other when it matters most. That deep pass downfield, which looked like it was thrown into triple coverage, I think I've watched that play enough now, Lance, that I figured out what Ben was seeing and why he threw that ball besides the fact that he trusts Antonio Brown with his life probably. Um, we may talk about that later. Um, so that would be number one. Antonio Brown is an absolute monster. Number two, the play calling, for as good as Antonio Brown was, the play calling was at the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Horrible, horrendous. The plan coming in, and I, I'm okay with empty sets. Um, I don't, I'm not okay with Le'Veon Bell being off the field from here on out. Uh, he did not play that much. I understand why. He wasn't comfortable with everything. He's probably getting used to the new verbiage, probably getting used to the new wrinkles they're putting in the offense. Okay, he probably has that down now. And we, too, this Sunday at, at Heinz Field, I expect him to be more of an intricate part of the offense. Um, and when they go five wide or if they go four wide, I expect him to be on the field in some way, shape, or form. He's just that good. You don't want to have him off the field as much as he did. But the play calling was atrocious. I understand what Mike Tomlin's talking about when he talks about getting behind the sticks and, 
you know, it alters your play calling and what your approach is. Um, it, it started from the beginning of the game. The very first play from scrimmage, Roethlisberger had Eli Rogers. I think it was maybe a nine-yard gain. I don't think they got a first down on that play. And what happens, Juju Smith shoots her with a holding call, one of his two. Uh, that's the only way he made the stat sheet in, on Sunday's game. And now all of a sudden you're backed up, and I think it's first and 19. Well, that changes everything. So, but still, I did not like the play calling. I didn't like the game plan. Uh, lastly, I was disappointed with the offensive line. Uh, it, it just comes back around to me saying, and I've said this to so many people on social media, whether it's on Twitter, Facebook, uh, in person, the, the, go back and say, okay, how many series did the offensive line play together? Two, the entire preseason, two. You, I mean, you can practice all you want, but it's never going to duplicate what an in-game experience is like, especially against the defensive front. That is not that bad. Uh, and the same with Ben Roethlisberger with his receivers. You, you can you can throw routes all day and all night, but until you're actually back there and you have a pass rush in your face and you've got to get rid of the ball at a certain time, it's just not the same. And Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown only played two series in the preseason. Think about that. All those games, all those opportunities. I mean, you want to compare the Everyone compares the Steelers to New England, and Tom Brady was playing in preseason game two and three, so – it's just a different approach. The Steelers got away with one. They were very sloppy on offense. Um, even the, some of the passes that Antonio Brown had to make were like tip passes was because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger might have thrown it a little bit behind or he didn't get enough air under it. So there's still a lot to clean up, but the, the offense I think will be okay. It's going to be really difficult, and this is something I want to ask you about, Lance. It's going to be really difficult for Todd Haley to figure out a plan every week that it's going to be able to spread the ball around enough for all these players. And they can all say, you know, winning is the most important thing and, you know, the statistics don't matter. But when it comes down to it, A.B. wants his touches. Le'Veon Bell wants to make his money. He, he has to have the ball to do that. And Martavis Bryant's trying to prove a point that he's back, not to mention all the other weapons the team has. If you, I want to get your input on what you thought offensively of the game, but I also want you, I want you to answer first the question of, is it possible to spread the ball around in this offense, or should they just go with a hot hand? You necessarily have to spread it around. Uh, you know, Juju Schuster doesn't register on the radar yet. He's not a guy that has to get the ball. Get it to your playmakers. Get it to your best guys and let everyone eat off of those guys. That's how I would do it every week. AB's going to eat. Le'Veon's going to eat. And the scraps that are left, everybody else eats. But those two dudes got to eat every week. And all offensive game plans should be based on those two guys, period. Having to spread it out just to spread it out, forget that. Let the stars eat. Everybody else hunt. You know, let them hunt and and let them kill. and, And whatever we eat is what they catch. And that's how I think it should roll every week. But I want you to save some of that denim, Jeff, for the WTF. Let me let me let me jump to defense okay. though. The three things that stepped that, okay. that jumped out to me was the pass rush, obviously, and their ability to get really good pressure with four. We saw that that was a point of emphasis that they wanted to do, uh, you know, in the off season was to be able to get pressure with four because that enables them to to have more people in coverage. The second thing, I thought the coverage was much better than I saw in the past 
you actually saw wide receivers being closely guarded by cornerbacks in the actual same picture. At times, we, we wouldn't see that. You would see guys running comeback and cornerbacks just entering the fray after the guy catches the ball and goes out of bounds. And you hear on social media all day after a game, what's LeBeau doing? Why are the corners 15 yards off the ball? You know, you saw Artie Burns in that game playing a lot of man coverage. You know, you saw Joe Hayden doing his best to play man coverage. And I want to speak to a comment made to me by a friend of the program, former editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, Neil Kulong, and he mentioned that Joe Hayden is not healthy and not running like we know Joe Hayden can run. And at first when I heard that, I sort of bristled, like, yeah, really, are you sure? I kind of questioned it. And I know Neil's pedigree. If Neil's going to say something, it's well-rehearsed. Not well-rehearsed, it's well-researched, and he's definitely got his facts and his ducks in a row. So I took a look at the All-22, and, and he's right. Harden, I think, is better than Hayden, excuse me, is better than Sensible. But he's having some issues, I think. And he had some issues with digs, some double moves, and some comebacks. And he was playing with a lot more cushion than Burns. It, it seemed to me he seemed a little bit tentative. He did get the sack in the game. And he like his ability to stop and start, you know, seemed a little bit shaky. There were some throws that if Kaiser was more experienced, particularly in the first quarter, he dialed that up. They ring the bell for touchdowns where wide receivers ran away from Joe Hayden pretty easily. Now, hopefully that's a case of him getting acclimated to a defense, maybe a little tentative. But I still think he's an upgrade to sensible, so I think he'll be okay. Lastly, when I think of this defense and the observation that I have about this game was the speed. They looked really fast. They were getting a lot of people to the ball to rally and make tackles. And this was played on natural grass not on turf, they look like a fast, physical defense. It, it felt like they were coming in swarms at, at times during this game. What, what's your thought on their defense? Do you agree with the fact that they look a little bit faster than, than we can remember? Oh, absolutely. Well, I, And I think that Ryan Chazier will do that. Um, he, he's kind of – he's all over the place. Um, and you take the good with the bad. Shazier's not a breakdown, wrap-up tackler, and that frustrates a lot of people. But ultimately, he brings a speed and a tenacity to the defense that totally changes everything. Um, but you know who else plays fast, and I love watching it, and it all comes back to their, their position coach, and that is their defensive line. You see when Stefan Tuitt is on the field, that guy doesn't quit on plays. Um, I can think back to his rookie season against the Kansas City Chiefs where he caused a fumble on Jamal, Jamal Charles at Heinz Field that turned the tide in that game and ended up winning the game for him. Um, Cam Hayward is someone that no one's talking about, but I thought he played a tremendous game in week one. Um, he was in the backfield a lot. Javon Hargrave, um, these guys are getting pressure. You talked about pressure with four. I think that kind of ties in with the speed factor. Um, they're faster in the back half as well. Uh, T.J. Watt is very fast, very athletic. Uh, Ryan Shazier, we know what he can do. Vince Williams in a straight line uh, coming downhill is not a slow player. And in the back end, you have Artie Burns, who is a track track guy, can run. Uh, Joe Hayden 
can run. You talk about his limitations. And then their safety tandem, Sean Davis is very athletic as well. This defense is totally morphed itself, in my opinion. Um, it went from the technically sound, we're going to take away one facet. And you think back on those defenses, James Ferrier, Casey Hampton, Aaron Smith, and they would suffocate a running game to the point where they knew exactly what you were going to do because you couldn't run the football. And this defense isn't necessarily like that. They are more of the, look, we're going to be flying around and we're going to probably take some liberties in this game. They're kind of dirty. And I wanted to talk with you about that, Lance, because Cleveland Brown fans, and especially Cincinnati Bengals fans, I don't know why they're in the Steelers' business so much. I guess it's like the little brother, uh, you know, with the big brother. But still, um, there are people calling the Steelers very dirty. Um, I I don't really see it as being dirty, though. I mean, Shazier's hit on Kaiser was rough, but it, I don't think it was as bad as some are making it out to be. Um, the William Gay hit was kind of bang-bang play. Uh, was, it was, was a defenseless receiver. Uh, the T.J. Watt call, I thought, was just the biggest cupcake call you'll ever see. I mean, you might as well play powder puff football with that call, uh, where they're jumping on a pile. You think the Steelers' defense, though, and because of the speed and maybe the way that they're coached to be, to kind of have that edge, you think they're a little dirty? Let me answer the question this way. Does anybody listen to what the Bungles say? <laughs> and nobody listens to the Bungles. And, and, and secondly, the Bungles just gave Vontez Burfick a three-year extension. So, so why would anyone listen to the Bungles? They got beat so bad by the Ravens, they just have to say something. And no one cares about the Browns' opinion. They're the Browns. It's the Browns and the Bungles. Nobody cares. I, 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 but I do think this defense plays with an edge. I think they're right on that edge. And, and speaking to Ryan Shazier, that missed tackle against Crowell uh, late in the fourth quarter, I mean, sometimes you just have to wrap up and get a guy to the ground. It, it's the same thing. But I, I, I do like the physicality and the speed that's showing. But before we put a nice bow on this Cleveland game, Jeff, give me a WTF about this game. It could be on either side of the ball. Listeners, you know what WTF means, so no explanation necessary. Jeff, what's your thoughts? What's your WTF? Okay, this will be short and sweet, and it's going to kind of diverge away from the Steelers, but you'll get it. Um, My WTF goes to someone that would probably lead the category in all WTF segments across the NFL, not just with Steeler fans, and that would be Mr. (laughs) Vontaze Perfect. Vontez, Vontez Burfecht is serving a three-game suspension for being a complete douche, uh, which we all know that he already is. And while his team is getting absolutely lambasted by a division rival at home on opening day, what is he talking about on social media? The Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan Shazier's hit on uh, Deshaun Kaiser that got flagged for roughing the passer. That just tells me that the Steelers are in this guy's head so much. I mean, they have taken they, – they've bought real estate in this guy's head. If you are worried about the Steelers on week one when they're playing the Cleveland Browns while the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that just gave you that three-year extension and has you as a captain, what the – WTF are – what are you doing – Vontez Burfecht, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a quick aside here. 
WTF Cincinnati Bengals? What are you thinking? Number one, naming this guy as a captain on your football team when he has done nothing but hurt your team. He only he basically single handedly lost that 2015 AFC wildcard game for you. What about this guy screams leader? What about this guy screams captain? Oh, is it the fact that he tried to go low and tackle Giovanni Bernard, his teammate, in training camp? Was a fight at practice? Yeah, Marvin Lewis, that seems like a really good captain choice for you. So you know what? You're tying your wagon to Vontez Burfitt, and I just hope he realizes that when this season's done and his contract's up, he'll be out of town too. So WTF Bengals, WTF Vontez Burfitt, I can say that every week, but this week just seemed very appropriate. Uh, If you want to chime in on that, Lance, go ahead. If not, go ahead with your WTF segment. Well, I'm going to hit you with a brief WTF because you didn't call them the Bungles. We don't use that other name. <laughs> There's a Bungles club. So I'm going to give you a brief WTF. Okay. Like, how dare you call them by that other name? We don't use that other All name. Right. My WTF goes to Todd Haley. Running the ball two times and a half against the 30th ranked run defense from the prior season. WTF, coming out in the press this week, and I know they talked about it, and I'm throwing Ben Roethlisberger in there too, talking about using four wide receivers set to field to try to get Juju Schuster involved? What? WTF, it's the killer bees. Because when all the bees are in the game, they kill people. If you take one of the bees off, they can't kill people. Like you said earlier in the program, Jeff, Lady on Bell only needs to come off the field when he needs another bee up below. Look, this four wide receiver, this is silly. I'm just listening to this like they overthought this. We've got Lady on, we've got AB, we've got Bryant, we've got Ben. Keep the ball in the game at the same time. WTF Todd Haley running the ball twice and taking away to take maybe on Bell off the field. Come on, man. Y'all trying to win a Super Bowl or what? WTF, smart guy. But anyway, now, we like the rant. We like hey, the hold rant. on. Hold on. Real quick. Don't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell's performance and and or lack of role in that game was not some of those quote-unquote consequences that Mike Tomlin talked about in training camp for Le'Veon Bell not being there. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to leave it at that. Don't be surprised. Uh, you know, this is a team that last year in the New England game when they needed Eli Rogers to play, he didn't play. He wasn't hurt. He was punished. Le'Veon Bell, I think that they knew that if they would have sat him down the entire game and not played him, the backlash would have been very, very bad. Don't be surprised if there were some consequences there that Le'Veon Bell wasn't in as much. He didn't play as much. They, they probably were saying, look, if you would have been here, I expect it to be a different uh, a different look come this week and week two. But go ahead. Go go on with your rain, Lance. I apologize for apologize well, I'm for throwing another throwing another beat to describe what you said, if that is the reason that he didn't play, 
before we jump into this Vikings breakdown. And that's bull caca. That's bull caca. <laughs> if they were trying to send a message to him for handling his business, shame on them. And they, they're lucky that they got away with a win. But let's jump real quickly to breaking down next week's ball game as the Pittsburgh Steelers' home opener. They host the Minnesota Vikings, who were very impressive on Monday night in their dismantling of the New Orleans Saints. Jeff, give me your quick breakdown on the offensive side of football. What are some of your keys? And if you have a juicy matchup that you want to jump into, let us have that as well. Well, um, you know, there's a lot of matchups to watch here. The, the, the Minnesota Vikings defense is very stout. Uh, they're great cornerbacks. Uh, they've got good pass rushers. Uh, the one thing that I'm curious about, and this is really not so much geared towards the Vikings, but more towards what the Browns did when they ran that too high safety look, and they kept on talking about it. I mean, my gosh, Gumble and Trent Green, I, I swear, every single time, oh, I can't believe how deep these safeties are playing. Well, I'm curious to see if, you know, the NFL lands in a copycat league. I'm curious if other teams are going to try to do the same exact thing that the Cleveland Browns did, and that's by playing two safeties extremely deep, saying you're, if you're going to beat us, it's not going to be over the top. And the one thing that the Steelers refused to do, I don't know why, when they did, they were successful, is intermediate routes. They were wide open. I mean, if you go back, and watch the pass that Antonio Brown catches that was tipped by the underneath linebacker, which is a great play by him, just a phenomenal play by Brown. Eli Rogers was underneath that wide open. It would have been an easy passing catch, easy first down. The Steelers are going to have to take what the Vikings give them. Now, with that said, if I'm going to give you three keys to victory, this game, maybe more than others, balance is going to be huge. And penalties are a big part of that. Um, they have to run the football, and they have to stick with the run. The offensive line is going to have to step up because this pass rush from the Minnesota Vikings can get nasty. If you watch that game against the Saints, they disrupted Drew Brees a lot on Monday Night Football. Um, so they're coming off a short week. They have to run the ball to help get, you know, open up the passing game. It's okay to do that sometimes. I think sometimes the Steelers and Todd Haley get too – uh, enamored with throwing to open up the run, it can still be the other way around, you know, the traditional method of running to open up the pass. I think that they'll come out in their first quarter and be very balanced, and then in the second quarter and second half, I think they should roll with what's hot, what's working. Um, I expect a lot of shotgun formation. Um, I don't expect a lot of rosy nicks in this game, but the, the matchup to me is going to be the Steelers wide receivers versus the Minnesota Vikings secondary. Uh, you know, Zimmer knows the Steelers. He used to be the coordinator for the Bengals. He knows Roethlisberger. Uh, he coached up Reggie Nelson to basically be the giant thorn in Big Ben's giant ass. So I'm kind of wondering what he's going to do. Is it going to look like those Reggie Nelson-type safety where, you know, Reggie Nelson would be on the far hash and would sprint all the way to the other side and kind of, kind of you know, bait Ben Roethlisberger into throwing that deep ball and then he pick it off. We've seen it time and time again. He's got the personnel to do that. It's going to be a chess match, and this is going to be the matchup, in my opinion, that's going to go for, you know, whether the Steelers win this game at home or whether they lose the game. I didn't give, really give you three keys. <laughs> my apologies. But 
I'm really excited for this matchup. I think it's a good matchup. Before the season started, everyone thought it was going to be kind of a gimme win. The Vikings are a lot better than you think, and it's going to come down to can the Steelers be patient, can they take what they're giving them, and really put together some drives and continue the red business success, and they will be just fine. Do you have anything to add on to that, Lance, or do you just want to go right into defense? I think the juicy matchup is going to be, uh, you know, I, I think you hit it right on the head in terms of what you thought was going to be big in that game in terms of the secondary uh, for the Vikings against that Steeler vaunted wide receiver trio. I mean, they've got some good guys back there. they got two all-pro corner. they got an all-pro safety. Um, I think the kid's name is Quentin Rhodes. I think that's his name. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff. Uh, the outstanding cornerback for the Minnesota Vikings, him going up against A.B. It'll be interesting to see if he travels. Uh, that, that looks to be a dynamic matchup there. He's a bigger corner. Uh, really got into uh, Beckham last year when they played the Giants. He's a fantastic player. So that's a matchup that you have to highlight uh, if you're the Steelers. Uh, and look for, I think, the Steelers to do some stack release stuff to try to get Antonio into some clean looks, getting him off the line of scrimmage well, and unabated, getting him man. on those guys as quick as possible. But look, a quick point there, and if that's the case, if Rhodes is on Brown, which I, I guarantee he will be, and that's going to be great on great, you know, in terms of matchups. That's where Martavis Bryant, who will have Trey Waynes on him, just needs to go to town. And this is where this is why you want Martavis Bryant back, because he's the one that can absolutely, absolutely annihilate a number two cornerback for any NFL team. And so he's the one, because Trey Waynes, who was Michigan State, everyone liked him in Pittsburgh when he came out of the draft. Um, everyone thought the Steelers would try to move up and get him. He's, he's had his ups and downs, and if someone like Martavis Bryant, it, if he gets going early, could totally take over the game. And that's what the Steelers should do. If they're going to roll everything to Antonio Brown's side, coming off a 183-yard game, 11 for 11, Martavis Bryant's got to eat, as you would say. So go ahead with the defense, Lance. It's going to be exciting. What do you got for us? On the defensive side of football, you know, it's not necessarily well, – well, I'll give you keys. And, and, and you know you, how I used to rhyme last year. I'm going to give you a rhyme to start out the year by Nipsey Russell. And it's just a simple one. If the Steelers want to have fun, they're going to have to stone the run. They're going to really have to get after Delvin Cook and make Minnesota one-dimensional and take away the threat of play action. To do that against Cook, they're going to have to be really good at setting the edge, forcing to the inside, to the pursuit, and really wrap and really tackle. In terms of a matchup that really sticks out to me, it's Stephon Diggs versus either one of the corners, whether it be Hayden or Burns. And I think they're going to do some of the things that Cleveland did in terms of trying to get after Joe Hayden in that matchup. I think they're going to put Diggs like they did Monday night into some stack releases and they're going to try to lose the wide receiver that's closest in line to occupy Smith so he can't give any help to Joe Hayden. They're really, I think, going to try to get uh, Diggs on Joe Hayden and really attack Joe Hayden and exploit that matchup. But I think the biggest matchup in this game in terms of stopping the run so they have some fun is Hargrave versus rookie center Pat Elfling. 
Elfling is making his second start. And Hargrave is a monster. We all remember that play where he walked the Cleveland Browns center into Kaiser's lap. Because the Minnesota Vikings are starting four new starters, the Steelers' front four, they have to eat in this game because if they don't eat, if they do not get Sam Bradford off the spot, Sam Bradford will torch them. He has a great arm. He's pinpoint accurate. And Sam Bradford is about to get paid again. And why? Because when Sam Bradford has time to deliver the football, he does it precisely and with accuracy. So if they stop the run and they're able to get Minnesota into some predictable down-and-distance situations where they can hunt and get after Sam Bradford and get him off that spot, they'll have success. But that front four has to eat, and in order for them to eat, they've got to stone the run first. I think the defense and the front four, the way they played Cleveland, if they can bring that to the game at Hines, I think the defense will be very successful. So, Jeff, you got anything to add to that, or do you want to jump into prediction time? Let, let's go right into the predictions, and I'll give you mine first. Um, uh, I thought you were spot on, by the way, if you had the defensive breakdown. But I think this game is going to be a good one. Uh, the Steelers and Vikings are typically in some pretty entertaining games. Um, I was just watching video today of that 2009 game where Brett Favre and Adrian Peterson came to town. That was the the day that we all thought William Gay was uh, no longer on this earth as Adrian Peterson caught that pass and ran right through him. Um, just some entertaining games. Uh, I know you remember that, Lance. I, I, thought that was, I thought that was the day that William Gay was no longer with us on, on this earth. But um, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are really going to show their true colors this week. That team that showed up in Cleveland last week was not – the Steelers that I think everyone was expecting to see. Well, no one was expecting to see that, but I think this week we're going to see more of a team that we're thinking, okay, this is what we were expecting. And the Steelers typically do this. They, they, they play well at home against the NFC. They play well at home in general. And big Ben Roethlisberger is a completely different player at Heinz Field than he is away. With that said, the Pittsburgh Steelers win this football game, and I would say that they could even – win it in a semi-decisive fashion. I'm not saying it's a blowout. Uh, the, the current spread, the opening line was minus four and a half. It's gone up up to seven in some places and six and a half in others. We'll say a six-point spread if you're thinking about the spread. I'm going to say the Steelers win and they cover. I was right with the pick last week, wrong against the spread. Uh, they did not cover the line of nine points in Cleveland. I'm going to say the Steelers win this game 27 to... 20, 27 to 20. It's going to be close. They cover the points, but I think the Steelers are going to do just enough to win this game. I think the defense is what wins this game. They get to Bradford. They force a couple turnovers. They hit him early and often, and the offense starts to find their groove. They start moving the ball. I got to be honest with you. I could see this. I could really see this game and this offense exploding for more than 30 but I'm just not ready to predict that yet. So I'm going to say 27-20 Pittsburgh. What do you think, Lance? I hate to agree with you. I really do. Ah. And I was really <laughs> close to picking the purple people eaters. 
I think the Steelers will be able to get after newly formed offensive line on the road and put enough pressure on Bradford to slow them down. And I think if Bill and the Wave can handle Griffin, even if they offer him some help and Griffin does not wreck the game, Joseph is big in there. They've got to, to block Joseph effectively. But I, I think this offense is going to make some hay. Um, I like that Wayne matchup against Martavis. Uh, I think they're going to make some hay. Ben does struggle against Zimmer defenses. I like the home field advantage. I think the fact that they did not play well offensively in Cleveland, they're going to be on the screws on their P's and Q's. And I like the Steelers to get a win in week two by the tune of 28. Mm, what do you have right. for what do you have for for the listeners on the site as we break down this game even further going more towards Sunday? What do you have for us? All right, well before we get to that, as always, the show is sponsored by Frank Walker Law, the top criminal defense firm to call in Western Pennsylvania and West Virginia, home to one of the nation's top one hundred ranked trial attorneys in Frank Walker for his Pennsylvania office. You can call four one two two one two three eight seven eight. Or you can check out all of his information at frankwalkerlaw.com. We're talking real talk, real experience, real results, Frank Walker. Now, so what's coming up on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, um, a lot of good stuff. Tomorrow is going to be a film room Thursday, but we have very key breakdowns from the game, uh, one offense, one defense from the game uh, last week that can kind of tie into what we can expect this week. Um, injury reports, uh, some commentary, definitely some features on what's coming up. Um, we're really going to start to change our shift our focus from the Browns game to the Vikings game. So make sure you stay with us. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your only one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Lance, what else you got for us before you send us off? Week ones are just what they are, week ones. Take them with a grain of salt, and remember, Steelers fans, it's always better to win and correct, then get hammered. Put any more into it or any less. We know that the Patriots got smashed. It was great to see them get smashed. We've seen them get smashed before week one and win Super Bowls. So Steelers, shaky start. They got to win. Win and correct. Go to next week. Hopefully you learn from your mistakes and you play better football. So they're not as bad as you think. They're not as good as you think. They're just a 1-0 football team, just like another 16 teams. That's right. That's right. So, guys, make sure you check us out next week for another episode of The Standard of the Standard on Wednesday night. You can check out our final score show, which is on at 9 o'clock p.m. after every game. So it's not immediately after the game. The game's at 1, which it is on Sunday, 9 p.m., They'll be there to talk. You can call in. That's our call-in show. Uh, Fact or Fiction every Monday. Uh, full slate of stuff for you. So make sure you check us out on iTunes. Search The Standard of the Standard. We'll see you next time. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! 
sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, you're listening to Simone de Rochefort, one of the hosts of The Polygon Show. It's a show all about the video games that you'll never have time to play. Brought to you by four friends who are just as passionate about food, soft drinks, and TV shows as we are about video games. Every Friday, we bring you a new hour of personal stories. Like how we found the best way to play Yakuza 0. Or even what happens when you play so much Zelda that you hurt your hands and can't play games anymore. Above all, we just have a really good time talking about the games that we love. Check out the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher. You can also find us at Polygon Show on Twitter and send a tweet to say hi. Thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.